0: Do you ever feel that there is more to life than what you're
1: experiencing, but don't know how to get there? At the heart of each of us is a desire to find meaning and purpose. However, many of us don't know where to begin. Welcome to the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Troy, And I'm Pete Cofarcio. This show will teach you to be confident in your identity and embrace powerful mindsets so that you can fulfill your destiny and life purpose. We're excited to take you on a journey to transform your life so that you can transform your world.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Transform Your Life podcast with Coach Steve and Pete. I am Steve Troy here in L.A., but I have no Pete this week. In fact, he's away for a couple of weeks, but I am really excited to have someone who I love as much as Pete, and he's actually even my business partner. His name's Chuck Pratt. Hi, Chuck. Hey, Steve. I'm glad to be Pete's substitute today. <laughs> you are more than a substitute. You are one of the most amazing men that I know. And uh, I'm so glad that you can join us today. You know, for those of you who don't know Chuck or have never heard of Chuck, he is a business guru consultant leadership consultant, and together, Chuck and I, over the years, we've compared a lot of notes, and we've seen the good, the bad, the ugly of leadership, and, and so much so that we actually decided to create our own company, right, Chuck? <laughs> yes, we did, from the inside out. <laughs> yeah, and so we created a, co- a coaching company called Insight Out, which is there to kind of transform your companies from the inside out. We, we love working with leaders to help create sustainable, robust, and thriving cultures, and we also love to troubleshoot. Chuck is actually a a Harvard Business School grad, and just a little thing that I've discovered about Chuck, you know, Chuck, when you were at Harvard, you didn't like the course that you were doing, right? What did you do there?
2: (laughs) Well, perhaps like some of the other listeners, I struggled to find a major in school that fit me, so I decided to create my own. I went to the university and petitioned them to create what they call a concentration in organizational development. And it was an integration of a variety of courses and professors from undergraduate and graduate level, especially in the social sciences. It's become Harvard's most popular undergraduate track all these years (laughs) later, which is really fun for me to see because it, it injects some practicality into liberal arts if you're an undergraduate student
0: and what what you need to understand about chuck Chuck basically believes nothing's impossible and um he often sees situations like this he he basically uh created a course and now wow everybody's loving it in harvard so if you're any harvard people listening out there and you're not enjoying your course you can take a, a leap from chucks page <laughs> and try <laughs> something new well we've been in a series chuck on leadership And developing leadership and growing in our leadership. And so I want to give this week's transformation tip. It's a quote by Reed Markham. This is what he says, successful leaders see the opportunities in every difficulty rather than the difficulty in every opportunity. Do you like that one, Chuck? (laughs) I do like that one. Actually, as
2: I was listening to you describe that or quote that, There are several things in there that I personally resonate with. The first one is just attitude, you know, looking for the silver lining in a situation. And that's a big deal for a leader, because if you can't project some sort of emotional calm or encouragement, it's really hard for the people who are following you. Absolutely. The second thing is the practicality that there usually is some sort of a silver lining. There is some sort of an opportunity, if you will, in every one of those difficulties. And I also think that from a, I'll call it a long-term point of view, if you're the kind of leader who can do that, then proactively, when you're working on the things you want to be working on, you get progress there. But even with the setbacks, Mm -hmm. they become setups. You you take those difficulties and you set up an opportunity from it.
0: I couldn't agree more. And and a lot of it is about mindset, right? Because a lot about leadership isn't just, you know, how to navigate stuff. You grow in character, you grow in strength. There's so many different things that you grow into in order to be able to face those challenges and see it in a different light. And rather than go into the fight and flight mode where you you freeze in the midst of all the challenges, you can actually face it and grow through it. So yeah, I I love that quote. Successful leaders see the opportunities in every difficulty rather than the difficulty in every opportunity. Well thank you, Reed Markham. Really appreciate that. This actually is a great segue because as we've journeyed together, Chuck, over the years is we've we've really talked a lot about leadership. And you introduced me to a really interesting leadership assessment. I know there's a lot of like, you know, the Myers Briggs and the Strength Finders or Clifton Strengths, whatever they call it, and the and all the different things that are out there right now, which are looking at personalities, but there aren't actually that many that specifically focus on developing your leadership personality, your leadership culture and, and behaviors. And you introduced me to something called Lion's Lead. So Chuck, just tell me, how did you get involved with Lion's Lead? What What is it? The backstory is that in my
2: consulting work, which focuses first on strategic planning, I was just shocked to discover how poorly my clients were implementing the strategies we developed. There's that old expression, you plan the work and you work the plan. So I would work with the client to develop strategic plans that were really neat. And then I'd come back a month later or a quarter later or whatever to check in. And I would discover that either they hadn't implemented anything Or if they had, they had done a really lousy job. And in some cases, these were leaders of very substantially sized organizations. And I was shocked. As a result, I realized it was going to be critical for me to figure out how to help build leadership capacity for my clients in order to help them succeed. That's what sparked for me, Steve, a search, a national search for a leadership development
0: system. I would agree with you. You know, just because you're successful doesn't actually make you a good leader. Yeah, you see that in family businesses. If your family's business is on the name, on the
2: door, you know, and and because you're part of the family, you're automatically promoted into a position of leadership, but you may never have been trained. mm -hmm. You might not even have the skill set to begin to lead other people.
0: Well, and the other side of it is because you're a manager, that doesn't even make you a good leader. Okay. And and sometimes we think of success or being a manager as synonymous to leadership, but leadership is so much more than that. So in your journey, because I I agree with you in in a lot of coaching that I do with corporations, there's good managers. Okay. And there's maybe successful salespeople, but they're, they're kind of going round in circles because it lacks this quality of leadership and the application of leadership. So Chuck, carry on. Tell me, as you began to see this, what did it lead you to? I was looking for a leadership development system that would be
2: very practical and very actionable. By practical, what I mean is it would be grounded in the everyday stuff that you deal with when you're a leader in the marketplace. And by actionable, I mean that somebody could really use it to build their own leadership capacity or to help build the leadership capacity of other people. I found in Lion's Lead a behavior-based instrument, Hmm. which essentially compares... Our leadership capacity to a composite profile of a top-performing leader. So, unlike a Myers-Briggs or StrengthsFinder's, some of the inventories you just mentioned, which are valuable for a different reason, this Lions Lead system essentially begins with an assessment that is a test. Mm-hmm. It is comparing your leadership capacity to top-performing leaders and enabling you, in very practical, actionable terms, to understand where you're doing well and where you need to improve.
0: You obviously took the test, Chuck. How did you find the test? Was it difficult? Was it short? Was it long? What was the result for you? The lead right assessment from Lion's Lead
2: is about an hour and a half Wow. So it's quite long. It takes a long time. And the questions are behavior-based. And in a neat way, the behaviors that you're being tested on are rolled up into attributes, behavioral attributes, and then rolled up even further into five key competencies. The reason it takes so long is because this is an instrument that actually looks at your leadership capacity through four different vectors. Mm-hmm. One is leadership from the standpoint of leading people, emotional intelligence. Another is leading projects from the standpoint of managing tasks. Another is your thought life, problem solving, um, analytical thinking. And the fourth is teamwork, how you show up in leadership with teams. Mm-hmm.
0: Just listening to that, we that really is a great summary of just well, like you were describing, leadership capacity and what you need to be able to accomplish in that. Um, I'm kind of curious, Chuck, when you're looking at these categories or these vectors, as you were saying, how do they then report back to you? How do they, uh, how, what do you get from doing the tests?
2: What's really neat about the reporting tool is that it, first of all, shows you the range of scores that a top performing leader would evidence. So Mm -hmm. you can, first of all, see what the range of scores looks like for this top performer, and then you see your own scores in comparison. It literally gives you a side-by-side comparison of your performance relative to that top-performing benchmark across five leadership competencies, all of which are ultimately behavior-based. It's a very helpful frame of reference, a framework for reference.
0: I like that. I mean, for those of you listening, Chuck introduced me to this myself and my wife, actually, and we, we took it oh well, probably about 12 months ago or so, and, and it was enlightening. As much as it's not personality profile, but it's because it helps you analyze where you're at at certain situations and how you respond in those situations, as you were saying, Chuck. But it also shows us the areas where we're strong and where, is where we're weak. Okay, Now, with some of these past personality assessments... They often say, that well, this is just the way you are. This is the way that you've been wired. But Lionsley doesn't quite do that, right? Because it identifies strengths and weaknesses, but it then gives you practical tools to, to move forward or improve. Isn't that right?
2: It starts with the premise that leaders are made, not born. Some of us may be better leaders than others, but all of us have a capacity to lead, even if we're only leading our own lives or yeah. maybe leading family members.
0: I love that leaders are made, not born. I think it's that understanding that we can always be better. We can always grow. We, we've On this podcast, we've talked about having a growth mentality, where you're always constantly wanting between the time you are born to the time that you die, that you know there's no end to learning. There's no end to transformation and growth. We quote often something that you've taught me, information plus application leads to transformation. And Lions' Lead is very much like that. You can get the information, but... What I love is uh, I met with the, the founder of Lions Lead, Dan Snively, is that right? right. And yes. Dan's a great guy with a huge, vast experience of, of working with, with top professionals across many different spheres of, of industry. But just his ability to help you highlight and see the areas which may be sabotaging your leadership or areas that you suddenly realize, ah, That's why that succeeded or, oh, that's why uh, I could have avoided that if I realized this weakness in me, you know. So, Chuck, I'd love to just kind of maybe go a little deeper dive, okay, into what are maybe the key assessment categories that you kind of highlighted within Lions Lead? And maybe we can just kind of break them down a little bit and have a have a discussion around it. Because I think for those listening, our ability to understand and get a, a grasp of the framework will maybe help us know what we need. And, and we'll talk about how you can uh, maybe get an assessment with Lions Lead if, if you're interested. Talk to us first, what, what would be the first area that Lions Lead would be looking at when you've done an assessment?
2: Sure. Because this assessment is behavior-based and that assessment process that I just described is that hour and a half of answering behavior-based questions. They're rolled up into these final categories that are called competencies. So five competencies that frame or create a framework for effective leadership behavior. The first of these five competencies is self-leadership. It's the basic idea that if you can't get your own act together, you're not going to be in a very good position to lead other people. Yeah. The second area of competency is called leadership essentials. And it essentially is what I'll call bridge competencies that are necessary for us to transition from just leading our own life to leading the lives of other people. Then the third area is getting things done. This is the idea that it's not enough for a leader to cast vision. Uh, They have to practice what they preach. They have to walk the talk. They have to move the ball. The fourth competency is leading other people. It's not enough just to get things done because you could totally burn people out while you're getting things done and then they just escape at the first opportunity and you don't get another tour of duty with them. So how well do you lead the people who are getting those things done? And then the last competency is composure. Even in difficult leadership circumstances, what does it look like for you to keep your cool and help others to stay calm?
0: Basically, just to summarize, you're looking at self-leadership as the first competency, what you call leadership essentials, then getting things done, leading others and composure. So when you're looking at self-leadership, we recently did a podcast on self-leadership, self-management, self-motivation. But when you look at self-leadership, you said, if we can't sort our own lives out, how are we going to lead other people? What would be the main categories in that as you break that down?
2: That's such a good question. The way that the assessments laid out, technically speaking, there are five attributes for every competency. Now, having said that, you know, you can always sort of cheat and and shorten the list or make it more simple. But in the case of self-leadership, Steve, what we're looking for is first self-awareness as an attribute, the ability to understand what makes you tick and how you come across to other people. Then managing emotions, the extent to which you calibrate emotional expression for the people you're leading. Third is managing stress. You're not leading yourself very well if you can't vent the things that are pressing on you. Mm. Apprehension, which is your capacity not to overthink and overworry about the stuff that inevitably is going to be a lot of problem solving and pressure in leadership. Mm -hmm. And last but not least is the attribute of rationality. This is thought life this is the ability to think through the issues or situations of the day
0: i'm caught by the apprehension actually just the other day i was on up with one of my clients and they kept going into worst case scenario thinking it's almost like we're doomed and the reality is that they weren't and things are actually going really really well but it's this over worrying over focusing on situations where we naturally go to the worst case scenario, okay, uh, which isn't always very healthy. I'm, I'm just curious. Out of that leadership assessment, do you have any like stories or any any examples, of whether from your own life that that you realized that you had to deal with some of these five areas of self awareness, managing emotions, managing stress, the apprehension and rationality? Could you maybe enlighten us a little bit more?
2: Sure, I'll give you a, a couple quick stories just to kind of illustrate how this can be so useful, whether it's for yourself or in the context of lots of other people. When I took this assessment, one of the things that came out was that my managing emotions score was low relative to top performing leaders. And I was really surprised because in my corporate life, i kind of been taught that you're supposed to stay cool, calm, collected. I was very good at, um, you know, never breaking a sweat. So nobody would Never know if I was feeling anxious or frustrated and so forth. And what came out of it was that the best leaders actually do express emotion, they don't bury it. However, they learn how to calibrate it. And Mm -hmm. men are particularly poor at this uh, because, first of all, we're often not as in touch with our emotions as we should be. Often we don't have a good vocabulary for finding just the right word. And third, when we do express emotionally, it's often in the form of anger and we don't know how to (laughs) hold it back. So we blow the fuse box and everything just blows up, right?
0: So we tend to react rather than respond. uh, Absolutely. But the best leaders, you know, if you're in a
2: meeting, for example, and people are going off track, the best leader will say, you know, I'm starting to feel frustrated instead of just not saying anything until you get completely exasperated
0: okay yeah and,
2: and then land on everybody
0: yeah and then the explosion Other, causes a lot of collateral damage at that point right absolutely and and similarly the
2: best leaders from an emotional standpoint can be real with their people and say you know i feel nervous too Hmm. I remember um, FDR when he was elected president and the country was going into a Great Depression and he was doing a fireside chat. And he, he of course, he did many of those and also his inaugural address. And he said to the country, he said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Yeah. So here was a leader who was basically saying, look, this is a fearful time for everyone. But if we don't let fear, emotion, get the best of us, then we can move through it.
0: I, I often say if you make a decision out of fear, you give fear authority in your life. And then authority then becomes the the decision-making matrix that you work by. And actually, it, it actually creates a whole bunch of negativity, stress, anxieties, and everything, and insecurities that come on. It's a really unhealthy way. So I love what you were saying about managing managing emotions. In fact, I mean, I, I, I one of the things I've often i do is every 3 or 4 times a year i'll just go away for 2 days because sometimes we're so busy we don't recognize the stress that we're carrying or the emotions that uh, or the emotional issues that we're we're wrestling with my wife is my barometer. I think when you said men, I was really bad at this. My wife would just basically said, Steve, I think you need to go on those those little <laughs> retreats away. And I said, why? He says, well, you're binging Netflix. You're getting obsessive about looking at cruises. Something's going on. <laughs> okay. And she's usually right. I just got back from one a couple of days ago, and I just realized there were like two or three things that I were underlining that I hadn't resolved, that I hadn't really fully comprehended that they were actually eating away at me. Sure. Uh, and affected me so. So I, I love this ability to become aware of how to manage emotions, stress. You said you had a couple of stories. Anything else around the self leadership area that comes to mind?
2: Building on this idea of emotional expression, one of those five attributes under this competency of self leadership is apprehension, and it was striking as we walked into COVID in 2020, and then ever since. I have observed w- using this tool that apprehension levels are elevated across the board hmm. in organizations right now. And but especially, makes, yeah, that makes sense. You yeah. have all the pressure of trying to navigate their organizations and care for their people in really tenuous circumstances.
0: Hmm. Well, I, I'm I'm fascinated by this because I think in this day, given where our nation in America is at, but even looking at the world, we actually need less naysayers and more leaders. I often think that leaders were never made for the easy times. They're actually made for the hard times. And we're, we've got a lot of challenging things. And and there, you're right, apprehension, that sense of worry, that sense of impending doom is, is actually quite common right across. People thinking we're going to hit another recession. And then we've got the biggies, you know, the labor issues, the inflation, and some of the other things that we are wrestling with. Chuck, I'm, I'm loving this conversation. And I'm really looking forward to our next podcast because you're going to join me next week to carry on looking at some of these other categories because we can always grow, we can always develop. And as we m- begin to master our leadership, we then become the solutions to situations, rather than just seeing the problems to our environment. Chuck, thanks for joining us this week. My pleasure. And, and if you're listening, you know, just as a transformational application, just ask yourself the question, how well am I managing my emotions right now? And what are the things that are causing me to stress? And what are my apprehensions? Just begin to make a list of those. Just become more self-aware of what's going on. And then as we move forward, we, we, you know, come next week and we'll get hopefully to more solutions as well in that process. So blessings, everyone have a great week, Chuck. I look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Bye-bye everyone. Thank you for listening to the transform your life podcast. We'll be releasing a new episode every Monday. So we hope you'll continue to tune in.
1: If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show to reach more people around the world.
0: If you're looking for coaching or more resources, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or our Instagram page from the Insight Out.
1: If you want to connect with me, Pete Cafarcio, go to petecoaching.com.
0: And if you want to connect with me, Steve Chua, go to stevechuaintl.com.
1: Remember, we want to help you transform your life so that you can transform your world. Have an awesome week, everyone.